you can tell who your good friends are by who shows up for you during the breakup or the job that you lose or the sick parent. Like, yes, you know who your friends are, but there's a big, but you know who your best friends are when they are asking you about that job promotion or that house or the baby you want to have. And they Mm. truly celebrate you. Hey everybody, it's your host Hampton Dorch. The episode you're about to listen to is a recording of the Roaring Twenties podcast, which I was a guest on recently. Sydney Moreland is the host, and I've recently gotten to know her, and she and I are on similar tracks with our podcast. We are in our twenties. We're trying to maximize them. We're trying to learn along the way um, and talk to people and ask questions and hopefully give you some value. So this is me on her podcast. She is coming on mine soon. But I hope you enjoy it. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by O'Henry's Coffee. If you ever come to Birmingham, make sure you check them out. Also, definitely go follow the Roaring Twenties podcast. Sydney is killing it. Let's hop in. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Roaring Twenties podcast. I am your host, Sydney Moreland. So excited to be joined by Hampton. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here. When I heard about you, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a, there's a girl doing something similar <laughs> to me, passionate about crushing it in their 20s and learning along the way. And by the time this comes out, I probably will have just turned 26, which now makes me feel old. I'm like entering into the back end of my 20s. So hopefully I'm, I, you know, I, I, I can keep the 20s roaring for myself and the rest of us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know you guys probably weren't expecting to hear a male voice on here. So Hampton, you're the second guy, actually third guy. So Thomas, boyfriend, and then Will, my brother, have both been on the podcast. So you are number three. So no pressure. Okay. Well, um, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. So we'll jump into food first. I'll hit my spots. I have one in Atlanta. It's a new place on the Beltline called Breaker Breakers. It's a seafood restaurant. I have not gotten a chance to go down and try it yet, but I have a ton of friends that have, and they've absolutely loved it. It has like an indoor-outdoor seating area, so super good if you're looking for a spot outside while it's starting to cool off a little bit and the weather has been so nice here. And then also, this is kind of a, this is a bar that, I kind of forgot about and then we were in Greenville this last weekend and our wonderful Airbnb host had stocked the entire fridge which is like the most wonderful surprise that you can have when you get an Airbnb and she got us these Bobo Oat Bars which I forgot about them until she had them for us at the Airbnb and they're these oatmeal bars are gluten-free vegan super yummy honestly I feel like I used to heat them up in the microwave in college and like some of them had chocolate chips in them and they would just melt and it would kind of be a healthy dessert so if you forgot about those they're still there they're still delicious and Hampton I'll throw it over to you wow uh, th- those sound really great and that is quite the Airbnb <laughs> host um for anyone that knows me well they're laughing wondering what I'm about to share right now because I'm just really boring when it comes to food if if I am eating out, my answer is anything in a bowl, <laughs> because normally <laughs> that means that it's somewhere like uh, chipotle, cava, or chopped, which I'm just a sucker for. Throw some throw some chicken and rice, and maybe some veggies in a bowl, and I am happy. I I really enjoyed feeling good and I like fitness a lot and those places are usually maybe a little bit more affordable but for the sake of not being boring um 
I live in Birmingham, Alabama, so not horribly far from Atlanta. I live in like Cahaba Heights, a little bit behind the summit. And there's a place, gotta gotta shout out my um my 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 locals in Cahaba Heights. There's a place called Mudtown that usually is not the health, healthiest option, but it's just it just feels like a, a great local place. There's indoor and outdoor seating. The the uh, waiters and waitresses always like remember my name and it's just this place has been there for a long time so i am a sucker for mudtown check it out if you're ever in birmingham i love it and i have never been to birmingham before which is really kind of surprising yep and it's like two hours from atlanta i've never been wow well i mean i'm i'm from birmingham lived here my whole life I went to sanford and you know every other person you meet from sanford is from atlanta and then you ask them like <laughs> well i'm from like an hour north or south or you know, wherever from Atlanta. So I meet a lot of Atlanta people. It's a pretty cool place, but, but stay over there. Cause we like it small, not, not you, <laughs> but everyone else. <laughs> no, they don't want the Atlantans over there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's jump into fitness. Um, when we were kind of prepping for the podcast, Ham Hamden was telling me how much he was into fitness. And I love hearing about people's stories of getting into it. Cause I feel like we all kind of hit a point where maybe we weren't into it. And then it becomes such an important part of our life. So Hampton, what is your fitness story? When did you get into it? And why is it so important to you? Well, there's somebody listening to this, maybe multiple people right now that are rolling their eyes and you're, you're rolling your eyes because of a reason that like I used to do as well, where you're about to hear somebody that's like, you know, I just love starting my morning in the gym or running. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, please. Like I want, you know, I, I used to hear people that had kind of cracked the code and uh, were like super into working out or loved running. And I was like, okay, we get it. Come on, whatever. And uh, honestly, that was probably insecurity. And like, I was frustrated that I had never like figured it out or caught the bug and like, so anyways, I grew up playing sports, but it was like soccer and track. And so I, I never touched like a weight in my life. And then when I got to college, I was like, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, I know there's, there may be a little bit more females listening to this, but y'all probably know how guys think are like, Oh, I want to be strong and big. And so I started like lifting weights and I had no idea really what I was doing, but like when you start from nothing and have some level of consistency, you'll probably see pretty decent results. Um, but like my only, my only knowledge of nutrition at the time was like, I'm supposed to drink a protein shake when I'm done and that's going to make me strong. And like, wow, sure. That can help. There's just thousands more elements that, that go into it. And so when I finished college, it was in 2020 and uh, like COVID had just started. And so I was just kind of bored sitting at home and I had like three months left of classes. So I had a bunch of time because everything was online and we weren't really like, I was about to graduate. So I, finally started learning about eating really healthy as well as fitness stuff, which really had a, a large impact because you, unfortunately for our foodies out there, I mean, and you know, this Sydney, like the nutrition part of it is like probably way more important regardless of what your goal is in the fitness space. And so when I started learning about like the importance of, of protein and like trying to eat less packaged food and like, not just absolutely dumping sauce on a salad like <laughs> and, and like that whole thing like it, it really changed my perspective and then to to get to where we are today i definitely got like obsessed with um nutrition like almost too much and i've heard you talk a little bit about, about this before but like 
I, I'm happy to debate anyone on this if they want, but like we know that if you want to gain weight or lose weight, it just has to do with how many calories you eat. And that's good to know, but that can also really damage somebody, you know? And so there's definitely ways to um, fuel your body well and, and feel good and get the results that you want without having to like track all of that. However, it is helpful if you've done it before because you have the knowledge of, of certain things, but that was kind of my story. And I realized because it was like the unique time of COVID, I wasn't out in like social settings and stuff. I was just at home for like six months. So I'm like in the kitchen, like weighing food. And, and then when, when <laughs> COVID ends, I'm like, what am I doing? And fortunately, I'm really grateful for this. I, my CEO is a part of a CrossFit gym and he asked me if I wanted to go. And so I began doing CrossFit for like two years and that really shifted my mindset to start thinking about food being fuel instead mm -hmm. of just like, you know, you're eating to try to, you know, look a certain way. It's like, yeah, I'm about to kill myself in this workout. And if I haven't eaten a certain amount of food, like I'm going to die. And so that mm -hmm. was really grateful for me to start saying, okay, like food is, is a really good tool to understand, but like, it's so much more about like looking a certain way. And so that kind of got me out of that short stint of being like obsessed with eating stuff. And then, and then now I don't do CrossFit anymore. I grew up running. And so I do a lot of just lifting and running. Nick bear is like my idol. If you know who that guy is, uh, he's big runner, big lifter. And so I do a lot of his stuff. So that was kind of a long way to say it, but that's where I am now. That is really cool. And I want to ask you, cause I have the privilege of bringing on a male guest right now. So I feel like I have a lot of friends and a lot of listeners to this podcast who have boyfriends, fiancés, husbands, dads that just don't eat good. And I'm going to call my dad out here, but he loves his salads, but he it's about 10% lettuce and 90% ranch dressing. And I'm like, dad, that mm -hmm. defeats the entire purpose of you eating a salad if you're just eating ranch dressing. So how would you encourage maybe our female listeners to help their boyfriends, fiancés, dads, just the men in their life, choose healthier foods without it feeling like they're nagging them or trying to force healthy food down their throat? Well, it's all a lack of education. My girlfriend at the time and then now wife, Erica, would always tell me like, why you, you eat really unhealthy, like you work out all the time and you're getting 30% of the results that you could be getting at best if you figured out nutrition. Now, she didn't necessarily say that, but she was like leading me in that direction um, I work with someone who I'm really close with and trust me enough to give them this feedback. I watched them put Chick-fil-A sauce. Like they brought, um, rice, chicken, and broccoli, like great, just, just a great, like uh, bro meathead lunch, which is basically what I eat most days, but they would bring that to work and just load it up with Chick-fil-A sauce. And I did a little calculation just for fun and basically told them when they were ready to hear that I was like, if you replace that Chick-fil-A sauce with like hot sauce or something, because you eat that every day at the end of the week, it would be equivalent to you fasting for an entire 24 hours because you probably <laughs> eat about, you probably eat about 2,500 calories a week, uh, a day. And you're putting that much alone of sauce. And so, so it's a funny thing that we joke about now, but I just think that it comes down to guys don't know. I mean, you've got to go through this like learning process and it's not like, an enormous amount of things to learn, but they just don't know. And then, and the thing is, is like, it's all about being consistently good over occasionally great. And so mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like, Oh, I'm going to eat a salad for three days. And if you eat a salad for three days, it's not going to taste as good as Zaxby's. And you may go to the gym once or twice during that time, but like you got to do that for six months in order to see the results and catch the bug. And I never was able to do that long enough. 
And so I would start, quit, start, quit. And then finally, like, once you do get that bug, then it, you know, takes off from there. Now, how does a uh, female share that with their significant other? That wasn't necessarily great advice around it, but there is <laughs> any information in the world that you want to learn about fitness is out there. You know what? Actually, I'm going to plug my friend. He, oh, You know what? He lives in Atlanta. His name is Michael Smoke. Uh, Michael there we go. Smoke. And so, cause I was about to say, there's a lot of really good content out there, but there's a lot of, I would say there's more bad than good. And mm -hmm. you'll get really confused if you watch it all. Cause at the end of the day, they're probably trying to sell you like a fat burning, burning pill that does nothing. But yeah. there's a guy named Michael Smoke that breaks straight through the noise. He's about my age and he lives in Atlanta. He has like a couple hundred thousand followers on TikTok and he's a friend of mine and I've had him on my podcast. So tell your tell your significant other to look up Michael Smoke, higher up wellness, and he will answer all of your questions. How about that? I just delegated it all away. I love that. Or just start saying Michael Smoke around when he has his TikTok on his phone and I promise you the algorithm will pick it up and then you just won't even have to say anything. TikTok yes. will do it for you. Um, yes. And I love how you touched on the education piece because I think that's so important. I think people sit around wanting to start eating healthy, but they don't know where to start. But they're also choosing not to educate themselves or go to resources like Michael or a dietitian to start to build a nutrition plan for them. And I think there's a right way to do it. And we could talk about this all day about how women naturally tend to want to lose weight. And so they'll start to try to do research into the narrative of, okay, okay how can I eat less, move more? And they don't look at food as fuel. They look at it as something that they have to earn or something that they have to deserve. Whereas guys typically just see food as food and they're like, oh, that's good. That makes whatever I'm eating taste better. Like the Chick-fil-A sauce or like the ranch dressing and they don't think twice about it. So I think you're so right. There's that education piece that you have to have, but it's educating yourself in the right way with a reliable resource. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. And and it's it's hard because there's just so much noise out there and you don't really know who to mm -hmm. trust and listen to. So that's my recommendation. Start with Michael Smoke. He's the man. Love it. Okay. Michael Smoke, you're coming on the podcast next. So yes. under $20 find, um, Hampton, I'll throw it over to you for yours first. I really like reading. Boring again. Uh, <laughs> but if there's some books are over 20, some are under. So buy a lot of books on Amazon. My wife is always annoyed because I don't normally, if she's getting something, she's like get really excited and waiting about it. I'll order something and forget it. And so she'll get a package and get all excited. And then it's like for me, so that, and then there is a pair of running shorts. I think it's like Amazon. I, I'm a guy, but, uh, so I don't know if they have the, the girl version, but 10 joy shorts, they're like 20 bucks and they're like, you know, also, my wife gets mad at me for this because they're kind of like those short running shorts. And she's like, you are oh, not yeah. wearing that out of the house. But those are good for $20. So 10 joy shorts. I've been getting those. I lately. love it. Okay. Are those the ones that are the Lulu dupes? Uh, maybe so. Hilariously, hilariously, though, if you like look at the size of them, they probably are dupes of like girls Lulu shorts. Because I don't even know if they make gosh. <laughs> they're so not these are like short shorts. No, okay, I'm getting like five inch. They have like threes, <laughs> which are like ridiculous, but yeah, 10 joy shorts. <laughs> 10 joy shorts, okay, Christmas ideas for all the girls out there. Um, okay, mine is going to be a new facial cleaner brush. So I'm going opposite end of the spectrum here, but it's an Amazon brush. I have been looking for one of these for a long time because 
this girl I follow on Instagram, she has like a $400 one that she uses. Her skin looks fantastic, but I'm like, I'm not paying $400 for a facial brush. So this one was, I think, a little bit over $20. I think it was $25 on Amazon. Easy Basics, I will link it below, as well as the Tenjoy shorts, and you guys can get some Amazon purchases <laughs> in. Nice. I love it. So, okay, so Hampton, let's dive into a little bit more of who you are. I know you've told us you're from Birmingham. What do you do for work? What makes you passionate about podcasting? So for those of you guys who don't know, Hampton has his own podcast. That's how we ultimately got connected through some mutual friends. And like he said, I think we're the male and female version of each other, kind of both have the same heart behind sharing what we're doing in our 20s, how we're sharing this message of it's okay that you're dealing with things that you are uncomfortable with and have question marks over. We're all dealing with it too. So tell listeners about your podcast, just what you do um, and who you are. Yeah. So I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I've lived here my whole life. When I graduated high school, I thought that I might go to Auburn like most of my friends, but ended up going to Sanford, made the bold decision to drive seven minutes from home to go to school and went there for four years. Absolutely loved it. I lived on campus. So it kind of felt like I had a different world there. Met my wife, Erica there. We have a baby on the way, which by the time this comes out, uh, maybe here, it's, uh, she's due October 12th. So we're having a little girl, which we're really excited about. Um, but, but anyways, I, I met her there my freshman year and, you know, growing up, I grew up in a Christian home and for the person listening to this, that also did don't, brush over that like that's a really big deal i heard something the other day like how many times do you hear a testimony and someone's like so i grew up in a christian home and then they are like but i blah 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 blah, blah. well that is a testament to god's faithfulness in your family and like i can look at my family and at my parents and their parents and like because of something that god did in one of their lives along the way that has been passed down to me now that doesn't mean that i always like lived out what my parents were teaching me and the church that they brought me to taught me. But the beautiful thing is like, I had all this knowledge up in my head that when I was about 21 years old, finally shifted down to my heart that I chose to mm. follow for the first time. Um, really, and really say, God, like you can have my life. I I'll do whatever you want. And so I just wanted to say that for the person that did grow up in a Christian home, like don't crave the like really hard, you know, from drug addict to clean testimony, like you, it's, it's a testimony in itself that like God saved someone in your family and that generation to pass down. So that, that's part of like Love my that. story. Um, and I got married in September of 2020. So I've been married about three years or so and, or, or so, yeah, a little over three years. And then I am really passionate about leadership. Um, my whole life people have I mean, and there's lots of things that I really struggle with and I'm really bad at, and we can, we can do another podcast about that. But for a lot of my life, people have told me like, and maybe it was just like my mom, maybe she was lying or teachers or my grandmother would say that like Hampton, you're a natural born leader. And I, I always just associated that with, I guess I am because I'm not afraid to like go in front of people and like talk and like share what I think. And, uh, sometimes I get asked to be like the captain of my sports team or like, and uh, have a leadership role in my fraternity. Cool. Um, but you know, one thing that I learned is that like, there's a big, like leadership is so much more about like who you are than what you do. And so much of my life, every time I led, it was just because of what I was doing. And for a while I felt like I could like, um, 
I don't know if I admitted that like some of my intentions were just like to build my own kingdom, but at the end of the day, I realized that they were instead of really making it about like God and bringing glory to him. And so um, I know you were going to ask this next, but now I work at a company called wild spark that does leadership development. And so I'm, I'm like selling wild spark to companies to help them develop their managers into being better leaders. Cause we believe everyone, everyone at work and in life deserves a great leader, but most leaders don't get equipped to, know how to lead. And so we really believe that every leader deserves to be equipped and positioned to be great. And so that's really the journey that I'm personally on right now, as I'm three years into working without like a formal leadership title, I'm not a manager at a company. And so for me and for you, Sydney, and for the people listening to this, who might be ambitious, you may have had, you know, an SGA title, you may have been a leader in your youth group growing up or your sorority or fraternity in college but you likely graduate and you don't have that leadership role, but one day you will. And I want to challenge all of us to not always be looking to that promotion and really say like, if you're a Christian, what does God want me to learn right now? Like in this season where I can actually be selfish and learn how to lead myself so that one day I can lead other people. And that's the journey I'm on with my podcast. Why I wanted to meet you because I'm really learning how to like, lead myself through my mindsets throughout what I believe about the world through the habits that I have. And, you know, you can't lead other people if you don't know how to lead yourself. And so that's what I'm trying to learn right now in my twenties. So let's get after it. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So talk to me more about this leading yourself. How, how have you taken steps in the past couple of years to lead yourself? Well, so many people often say that like more is caught than taught. And so some of the best leaders in my life, a lot of what I'm doing is just saying, what are they doing? And and a lot of that is watching what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So then I, I, I want to set the example for anyone that I um, informally lead that may like look up to me in some way. And then one day, um, whether it's through something like at church or like at work, I want to be setting the example from the start. Like I think John Maxwell says the best leaders know the way, go the way and show the way. So mm. I'm like trying to really make sure right now it's like, do I know the way? And and for me as a Christian, so much of that is just saying like, God, what is the way? Show me, um, yeah. know the way, show the way and then go the way. And so a lot of it is, is I, I want to be embodying leading myself right now. I think that also means, um, what are, what are you doing when nobody's watching? It, it, it's these age old things, age old things that we do or that we learn when we're kids. Like, am I getting up and reminding myself that no one will remember my name in a hundred years from now <laughs> and mm. saying, Oh, God is on the throne and I get to be a part of this larger story. Um, God, thank you for the opportunity in the life that you've given me to serve and love other people. So a lot of times I, I don't do that. And then my bend is towards thinking about myself. Um, it's it, another way of leading yourself is trying to learn this principle. I have this on my desk. It says, um, there's no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. So like mm. <laughs> trying to trying to think about that right now, because one day when you're a leader and you have a title, there's going to be people on your team that are like really, really great. And they might even be better than you at some things. And a lot of insecure leaders are tempted to take the credit um, versus like really empowering and enabling and um, helping the people on their team get better. And so like, how you know, what does my time with God look like? And then from a fitness standpoint, how am I taking care of my body, my vessel, you know, um, a, a lot of those things. So I, I'll, I'll end it this way. I'll end it this way. Um, 
growth mindset is something that people talk about a lot. Uh, having mm-hmm. a growth mindset is someone that like is is always stepping out of the comfort zone. They want to learn new things. They're not afraid of failure. And so a lot of it is having a growth mindset to to lead yourself. Then one day when you want to lead other people, you're going to have what's called a successional mindset, which is like, how am I developing the person behind me and teaching them the things that I know? That's called successional leadership. And there's like a third level to it, which we talk about at work, like multiplication, um, where how am I not only teaching them what I know, but teaching them how to teach the people what I know. But right now, as someone in your 20s, I'm just trying to learn this growth mindset, which I can talk about that kind of stuff all day long. But anyways. I love that. Okay, Hampton, I'm going to kind of spin it a little bit. What if there's a listener out there who's thinking this leadership thing sounds great. I I kind of feel the Lord calling me to some sort of leadership, but I feel like I don't have the skills to lead. I, I'm not a good public speaker. I'm not good at stepping outside of my comfort zone. I feel like I'm naturally shy around people that I don't know. How would you kind of encourage that person to wake up and lead your, the name of your podcast? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, here we go. There's a guy I know. His name is Tim Spiker. and. Okay. He did this study with like over 10,000 people where he wanted to find out what are the most important qualities to be a leader worth following? Like, so for the person that asked me that question, uh, hypothetically speaking, what are the most important characteristics for you to have in order for people to say, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to what they have to say. So he did this study and there was like eight different characteristics that he went through things like being able to speak in front of people, being able to motivate and inspire, being able to recruit the top talent to come join their team or to be able to think strategically or always stay out of your comfort zone and those things. And he was blown away by the results because what he found is um, there's there's eight characteristics. So take like a, a pizza pie with, with eight pieces of pizza on it and mm. two. So there were two characteristics that made up 77% of what people said made a leader worth following. So imagine two slices of pizza being like disproportionately large, taking up three fourths of the pizza. And then the other six are like tiny little slices. So based on the data, based on what people were saying makes a leader worth following. And it was two qualities that you can work on today. And it's to be inwardly sound and others focused. So inwardly sound and others focused. And the coolest part about that is both of those are way more about who you are in what you do and being inwardly sound we'll start with others focus because that one's easier the best leaders don't make it about them they make it about other people so if you're nervous about talking in front of other people that might not be your best skill set you may have someone on your team that's really good at that you might do a better job in a one-on-one capacity uh, the best way to put this is to be interested over interesting mm-hmm. like if there's one thing i've learned in my three years of working that i think will drastically help me drastically change the trajectory of my life. It is to be interested over interesting. So others, others focus, just think about other people. The best leaders are others focused. And then the other one is inwardly sound. And as a Christian, I think that that just believes like, am I in tune with the Holy spirit? Am I saying like, God, what do you want for me today? If you're not a believer inwardly sound, think about, being a leader that when someone comes to you with really hard or challenging news, 
they are comfortable to come to you instead of hide because they're not afraid of how you're going to respond. And they know that you are for them and you care for them. And the coolest part about all of this is motivating, inspiring, recruiting top talent, thinking strategically, all those things we mentioned before. Those are things that it's a lot easier to do if you have a leadership title. Like it's hard to do that without it. But the two most important qualities being inwardly sound and others focused are something you can start doing in middle school. So yeah. like that's that's the whole point about like learning to lead yourself because like the two most important things you don't even have to have a title to do. That's awesome. And yeah, you know, like hearing those two things, it's funny because I feel like when we watch TV shows, like I'm watching Suits right now. Thomas got me really into Suits. And it's funny because the characters, I mean, all of them are leaders in the law firm. And each of them have their downfalls as leaders and each of them have redeeming qualities about themselves. And it's so easy when you watch a TV show or even your experience in your career when you're working with leaders on a daily basis to pick up on those characteristics of the leaders, either in the TV show or in your workplace that positively impact you or like positively impact your view of the character in the TV show. Or when you notice the negative sides, like you're like, well, that's not how I want to be as a leader. So I love how you mm -hmm. talk about observing, observe the leaders that are around you, whether that's in your family. Like I, my father is an excellent, excellent leader of my family. And I love choosing characteristics that he does and really holding that in my heart and saying like, this is how I want to be as a parent one day. And I think you can do the same thing in your workplace, pick those leaders that you really admire and say, okay, what about those leaders? make me feel like I want to produce good work and I want to do good things for this company because of the leaders that are investing in me and try to take that on in your leadership positions in the future. Yeah, good stuff. I'm fired up, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go lead. Okay, guys, um, so I wanna kind of transition into more of the things that you've learned in your 20s. And I'd love for you to give just an account on maybe who has been someone who has been an excellent leader in your life, whether in your family, growing up, a teacher maybe, someone in your career who has invested in you and what have you taken from that investment that you apply to your leadership today? Yeah, I will mention someone named Corey Tao. He is the VP of operations at WildSpark, the company I work for. And in October of 2021, he told myself, told me and the rest of our company that he thinks we should uh, begin posting on LinkedIn. Now, everyone listening to this in your <laughs> 20s, you're like, LinkedIn, oh my gosh, what is that? I like Instagram and TikTok and whatever. I, I'm with you. Um, but but from a business standpoint and opportunities, there is, there is a ton of opportunity on LinkedIn. And so he was the one that really empowered me to begin doing that. And through consistency there, I've just met like, an enormous amount of people that I look up to a lot and have created some new opportunities for myself and for WildSpark. And then that is what led into uh, the podcast that I do now. And then even like to being on a conversation like this. And so, mm -hmm. and the coolest part is, is he probably doesn't even remember that he like challenged us to do that. Sure. He does if I might bring it up, but he's not going like, man, I, I was the one that really empowered him to go do this. Like I should be getting credit. He doesn't care. And it goes back to that quote. There's no limit to what a man can do or where he can go. If he doesn't mind, he gets the credit. And like now when people see wild spark, a lot of times through social media, they see me, but however, like he's the guy behind the scenes. That's like doing mm. 10 times more than me. And like, 
that's a freaking leader right there. <laughs> so yes. uh, I'll start with that. <laughs> and I, I would love, I think he's probably, it's more worth to him seeing you in that position, like being super bold on LinkedIn and posting everything than it would be for him to be getting that traction that you get in that success. That you get. Like, I feel like that means more to him to see you succeed than it ever would for him to have that kind of success on the platform, even though he's the one who gave the advice. Yeah, well, I think um, you can go, there, there's this quote that everybody knows, but like you can go pretty far alone, but you can go, I'm botching it, but if you <laughs> want to go really far, like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And the best leaders, like they're empowering other people because I'm not mm -hmm. the only person doing this on LinkedIn. There's other people. And if he would have spent all of his time doing it himself, sure, you can probably grow your name. But like if you really want to expand your your influence then it's through other people hence look at jesus and what he did with the disciples like he he had like his core three and then the 12 and then that leads us to where we are today like the yeah. best leaders multiply it's not just about them i love that and he's not kidding when hampton reached out to me he sent me his linkedin and i didn't have the number at first and I was like, who's sending me their LinkedIn account? But hey, I respect it. <laughs> We're so bold on Instagram, might as well be bold on LinkedIn too. It's so funny because I like, that's all I know. I literally don't have an Instagram right now. Like I, I had one in college and it was like a major idol, great story uh, and deleted it. Might get another one one day, but like now I like grind on LinkedIn. But so when I message people that are older, they're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But then when it's people my age, they're like LinkedIn, what in the world? Yeah, no. And I know you just brought up the word idol. It just sparked a really good question. So how, how would you encourage someone who maybe is worried about turning leadership into an idol? I think power is something that our society really craves. And I even have to check myself on a daily basis. Like, okay, what is my intention behind doing a podcast? Is it for my personal fame or is it truly to have an avenue to share the gospel and to talk to cool people and to share stories. So how do you check yourself with, okay, yes, I want to be successful and be a leader and have influence, but I'm not doing this so I can expand my own personal power. Oh, that is a daily act that I have to participate in. And, and oftentimes I don't, I get up and I somewhere deep down tell myself that it's more important for me to get on with my day and do all my big things mm -hmm. than spend time with the creator of the universe that put breath in my lungs that morning. So convicting message for all of us. But there's something yeah. called the idol tree that really changed my life. And basically what it is, is that every like bad choice uh, for Christians, like every um, sin, really, uh, whether it's a thought or an act, really oftentimes falls into one of these four idols. Um, and those are power, approval, comfort, and control. So power, approval, comfort, and control. So a lot of times people have a bend towards one or two. Um, I think I have a bend towards all four. Uh, <laughs> where And, and so the it, it's really powerful to be able to know those things and say, okay, when I reach out to this person, when I start this new thing, when I post this on social media, like what is the, what is the deeper rooted desire? And so often I am seeking the approval of man. I'm seeking the comfort. I'm seeking control or, or power. And what's the lie that I'm believing by doing that, that Jesus isn't enough. 
Mm. And I believe that lie like every single day. Yet he keeps proving me wrong every day. Like there'll be things that he does where I'm just like, God, like if I lose everything and I have you, we're good. We're golden. In fact, my life might even be better. And so I think (laughs) it's cool to be able to like name again, power, approval, comfort, control. What is it that you are truly seeking? And you've really got to have a date with yourself to be honest about that and have some accountability in your life as well with other people to be able to talk about that stuff too. Yeah, I love it. And I think that's a message for Christians and non-Christians out there. I mean, trying to seek approval from other people, from the world, from your career. Like there's always going to be, we always talk about it. It's like you're chasing the wind. It comes close enough where you think you're going to catch it and then it just keeps going. So there's always going to be the next promotion, the next salary raise, like, the next friend group that you're trying to chase after joining. So it truly is checking yourself on a daily basis. And I'm guilty about all the four as well. So I'm glad I'm not the only one, but I love that. <laughs> I want to, I'll link the little idol tree below. Cause I think that's, that's a really cool thing to, to keep in mind. Um, okay. So next question I want to ask you is I know you're married. So three years married, which is phenomenal. Congratulations. And you have a little, is it a girl or a boy on the way? It's a girl. Oh, so cute. Do you know her name yet? Mary Collins. So sweet. Okay, so a lot of my listeners are kind of getting into that stage of life where they're thinking about engagement, marriage, and for someone who is also entering into that stage of life, there is a lot of thoughts that come with it. There's a lot of, I think, anxiety, but joyful anxiety, because you know you're entering into the stage of life that you have prepared for, that you're excited for, but also a lot of huge life changes. So talk to me about how your 20s has shifted, or if it has at all, maybe your mindset on leadership or this growth mindset that you have as you've entered into marriage and have had someone else you're doing life with, but also have these things that you're chasing after on a personal level. Yeah, first off, um, it's really interesting because growing up, if you think about like just silly middle school, high school, college, popularity contests and stuff like somebody may um, be cool or be popular because they're really good at sports or they're the prettiest girl or um, wh- or they have the most followers, wh- whatever that is. And then all of a sudden they're, they're everyone's a lot of times at some level of like an even playing field. But then what I've noticed is when you graduate college, everyone starts working. And then it becomes like this mini version of like keeping up with the Joneses where it's like, Mm. oh my gosh, they got engaged. We've been dating longer. What the heck? Or like, oh my gosh, their, their wedding was huge or what? I didn't get asked to like be a part of like their, their wedding party or that like (laughs) all of those games start happening. And then you, there's, there's these massive shifts in your life where it's like graduate job. Maybe you're as single as can possibly be, which is great. Maybe you're married before you graduate college, which is great if you want to do that. Um, But like people are all in these different seasons where it could be like engagement, marriage, baby, house, new car, vacation. And by the way, you have no idea if they're maxing out a credit card, killing it at work, have a trust fund. And so then everyone starts like comparing and it's just a horrible place to be. You can't be doing that folks. And I've obviously fallen into that, but like, that's not a fun place to be. One thing that I've really started trying to do, and I really have to test myself because there's probably pride wrapped up in this somewhere because I want people to do this to me. 
But when I see something where my bend, my bend might be towards comparison or jealousy, I just try to say, good for them. Good for them. Like their, their parents bought them that huge house. Good for them. I would have <laughs> taken it too. Like, you know, and, and for me, it's like, if you, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you are probably blessed beyond measure. And that doesn't mean that you have hard things going on in your life. But if you've chosen to spend your time listening to this, like you got a lot of good things going for you. And comparison is just not going to get you anywhere. Um, and this goes into a friends thing. Um, when you're young in your twenties, you can tell who your good friends are by who shows up for you during the breakup or the job that you lose or the sick parent. Like, yes, you know who your friends are, but there's a big, but you know who your best friends are when they are asking you about that job promotion or that house or the baby you want to have and they mm. truly celebrate you. So like, that's one thing that like, Oh yeah, yeah. You celebrate you, you comfort people during hard times. Okay. Congrats. Like if you don't do that, you're a jerk, but are you like genuinely excited for your friends when they win <laughs> like that? And, yeah. and that's hard to find. And the best way to find that is by doing that. Like you need to be that. Um, so that I didn't really get into like marriage or having a kid or anything, but that was just what kind of came out. I can talk about that if you want, but no, that's all along the same line. Cause I, I, I think I'm also in the stage where it's like, okay, what's next? Like, I'm so excited for the next chapter. How do you slow down? Like, how do you, how do you know when you're maybe ready for that next step, whether that's the engagement, the marriage, the house, the car, the kid, and how do you know when to just like step back and enjoy the stage of life you're in and if you're not in a relationship maybe that's singleness or if you are just chilling at home and not wanting to travel like everyone and their mothers in europe this summer apparently how do you know it's not your time to do that even though you're watching everyone else in the world do it i'll give a very simple answer from a christian perspective and then just for anyone else or for more pragmatic tools i'll give a second one but like ask God, <laughs> what do you want for my life? Yeah. And truly be open-handed. And I, I really stink at that because a lot of times it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I may be even journaling this morning, but like how often have I said, God, I really love my job and the amount of money that I'm making in the house that I live in. Um, but if you want to take it all away and do something else, I'm okay with that. Do I actually say that often? No. Cause I'm, a, I'm afraid. But if you really <laughs> believe that, like God, wants what's best for you and loves you so much more than you can ever imagine. It, it, that's something that like is going to be in your best interest to do to say, like, who do you want me to ask on a date? Do you want me to say yes to this person? Do you want me to pursue X, Y, or Z? Like just ask God. And when you look around to other people, don't like, obviously don't compare and then get jealous, but like, look at the kind of people that like you want to be like and humble yourself and maybe ask them. You know, like even if you have a friend that's like killing it, like ask them about it. Say, how did you do that? What was your thought process there? But my biggest advice, I think, for someone in their 20s is just to recognize that like you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and um, if I had to put like one word that's important to think about, it's direction. What direction are you going? Like me and Sydney are both doing a podcast right now. We both have our own. We have no idea what that turns into. 
but you like the direction that it's going. You're meeting new people. You're learning how to interview and ask good questions. And maybe this leads into something that you do full time one day. I don't know. Like, but it's, I think that whether it's like a dating relationship, what direction is it? Is it moving in the direction of marriage? And do we both like that? Okay, great. Check. Keep going. This job, like, is it just a means to an end of like making money? Or is it, or am I making a certain amount of money that I want to use to something else? Or am I learning a skill? I prefer skills in your twenties because you can't make that much money anyways, no matter who you are, learn before you earn, learn before you earn. But like, are the skills that I'm learning leading me in the direction that I want to go? And, and you're not going to know where exactly that is likely. I don't, but you have this feeling around, I think that this could maybe turn into something like that. And I feel good about that. And I'm just going to keep going. I love that. And if you don't hear anything from this podcast, hear this. It's okay to not have it figured out because we will never have it completely figured out. And I think that's, if I've learned one thing in my twenties, it's there's never going to be a perfect time for anything. And like, if you're a Christian, truly rely on the Holy Spirit being in your heart. And then if you're not a Christian, your gut is there for a reason. Like your gut tells you things that you should or shouldn't do. And I just, I think we, we're so quick to fall into this. Oh, I should be doing this in my twenties, or I should be making this amount of money, or I, I need to stay at this job for two or three years. So it looks good on my resume. Like when we're 80 years old and we look back at how we spent this decade and how we built this foundation for our career, it that's those things are not going to matter. Yeah. Preach. You're right. I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing and neither do you. I, no. I feel good about the direction though. So just ask yourself, what direction do I feel like I'm heading in? I love that. Okay. Well, I feel like we could talk for hours, but let's wrap it up. One final question. Hampton, what is the most proudest achievement that you have in your twenties? Mm, there's a Sunday school answer, uh, but I, this just is my answer. It's truly surrendering my life to God mm. and like truly following him. When you live in the South, Birmingham, Atlanta, all those places around there, you live in what's called the Bible Belt. I think we're in like the buckle of the Bible Belt where like you, um, just because of maybe the way that you grew up, like it's a part of your culture. And then what Christianity looks like in your life right now is instead of saying, God, what do you want for my life today? I'm on fire for you. Let me build your kingdom. It's I made a decision at summer camp 10 years ago and then got baptized and I'm relying on that. <laughs> and like, if that's all God wanted for you out of Christianity, like that, that's pretty boring. Like it's not what he wants, you know, like he wants you and your whole life. And, um, the way that I would sum up, like truly giving my life to Christ, it's like this throne diagram. Um, so imagine, um, like three circles right next to each other. And there's a throne that a King would sit on in each of those. So the circle on the left, there's a throne and, Hampton is sitting on the throne uh, and outside of the circle is Jesus. Okay. That person is, is definitely not a Christian. He's not even a part of their life. Then there is the middle throne where Hampton is on the throne, but like I've got fitness and work and marriage and like, and Jesus, like all kind of like right at the foot of the throne, like, Hey, it's a priority in my life. Like I'm doing pretty good. Then you've got the third circle on the right, which is, um, Jesus on the throne and me at the foot of it. And to the listener and to me for my whole life, it was like, oh, those are the pastors and the missionaries. 
And what I've come to learn is like, no, no, no. That is what it means to truly follow God, to let him be on the throne of your life. And if it's, if it's you, like you can't just say, okay, Christ is on the throne and then be good for forever. It is a daily choice to surrender your life to him. And so I don't do that perfectly, but like doing that has been the absolute game changer for my life because guess what? It's not about me anymore. It's about him. And now the pressure's off and I'm just along for the ride and the mystery to see like how he wants to write my life into the story. And instead of focusing so much on, Oh, what's my purpose? What's my calling? It's just love people well and, and ask God what gifts he's given you and, and go do it. It's that simple. And if I didn't have that, I would constantly be searching for my identity in something like work or fitness or a girl, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. It's like, why live for the temporary when you can live for the eternal and all this stuff? Yeah. We're not taking the bank account to heaven. We're not taking the, the clothes or anything. So I love that. Well, thank you so much, Hampton, for coming on. This was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so glad I got to ask you all these questions. You're full of wisdom beyond your years. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And hey, y'all stay tuned because I'm going to have Sydney on mine soon. So buckle up. Yeah, we're doing what? What's it called? A pod swap? Oh, yeah. Everyone just cringed, but that's what they call it in the podcast <laughs> world. Pod swap. Let's go. <laughs> pod swap part one. So get ready for part two. So thanks again, Hampton. And we will see you guys next week. Have a great rest of your week.